Welcome to season two of Newbology. Hope that you are ready for, for a new season. It's a time of new beginnings and a return to form for us. I know it's going to be something that's fun. So I hope you're ready. Hey Merv, how you been? How's it Ash? How you going man? I'm pretty good. How's it been on your side? I know it's it's been a while since we got together and had a podcast, but yeah. We've been busy. We've been busy planning this incredible season. Everyone's been asking us about it. But it's so nice to be back here with you by my side, talking about the one thing that we're both passionate about, which is gaming, and I cannot wait for this season. Thank you, everyone, who supported us for the first season of Nubology. We were number one for quite some time, actually. Hey, Ash. Yeah, we were, and that's all thanks to our listeners. So shout out to you guys. You guys are the reason why we actually do this, and we get to share our passion with you so thank you for listening thank you for being our fans and for for being out there it is pretty weird to accept that there's people that do actually listen to us <laughs> listeners in a few different countries and yeah massive shout out to you guys yeah. Mav, do you want to say hello to some of the guys in australia or yeah. in the u.s and not keeping <laughs> keeping tabs on where our listeners are from most of our listeners are from the US, so if Ash and I ever are afforded the opportunity to come to the US and interact with some of you guys, that would be awesome. But thank you for listening to the both of us. You know, this is something that we both love doing and to see that you guys are supporting us, not just, you know, locally, but internationally, means a lot to us. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. And good news is that we are finally back. Finally. We are here for season two. <laughs> some good stuff in store. For today, though, Hype Trains. Hmm sure when i said that there's probably like a few memories or like war flashbacks that you have in your head <laughs> war flashbacks for sure <laughs> yeah you've seen the meme with um, the dog uh, recently it's been buy the dip for bitcoin <laughs> all right <laughs> no no that, that i don't remember that meme <laughs> yeah so hype trains Mav, have you ever looked forward to a game might have been a movie or or something that you couldn't wait for the release of and when it came did the hype train get to the station or did it derail just outside oh man man derailed for sure <laughs> especially when when the games that we love playing are trying to be turned into movies but no particular movie i don't want to mention anything but the producers and the directors they steer away from the original source material and they try to make it their own and i get that there's a time and place for that but i think that's why in the past years we haven't seen successful games being turned into movies have you seen monster hunter world what was your thoughts on that mm, okay i was hoping that you'd get a bit more specific in the movie that you're <laughs> referencing but yeah i did watch it i thought as a standalone thing that existed outside of the monster hunter universe and it was it was watchable it was decent i'm usually a very tough critic when it comes mm -hmm. to media because we only have i hate to bring any spoilers to you guys but we are only going to be alive for a set number of days and hours and years so wasting time is not something that i am a fan of and if a movie 
or a form of entertainment deliberately does that, then it's useless to me. And might be a bit bit harsh, but that's just me. That's how I am. And yeah, I think it, it was decent mm-hmm. if you aren't watching, hoping that you see some fan service in the content. And if it's there, then wow, it's going to be amazing. But if it's not, and if it's just like cheesy crap, that's uh, it's not going to be a good time for anyone. Yeah, I, I think that's that's very true. I mean, I, I spent an hour of my life watching Mortal Kombat, the one that was released on HBO Max. And I just I just thought to myself, what what is this? What am I watching? I mean, the action sequences were great. And the costing was, was, you know, was perfect, but, but the story was not what I was expecting at all. It was completely different from the games that I played. And I just, I just sat there like, what did I just watch? What did I put my brain through? <laughs> okay, so I just realized that we are being a bit noobish at the moment. So if anyone out there doesn't know what we mean by hype train, so basically it's a term that people use to describe the general like sentiment in the audience or in the fans or community for something that's going to release. So a hype train is basically when people are excited, they want to hop on board this train, this figurative train obviously, where they are going to be banding together to celebrate the launch of something new and to enjoy their favorite, whether it be game, movie, or sometimes even a book that's gonna be coming out. And yeah, then they follow the trailers, previews, Maybe there's some spoilers or some some leaks out there. And yeah, people look forward to it. They look forward to every bit of information that they can get for something. And that is essentially what the hype train is. And with gaming especially, um, I think that there is a, a topic that we need to speak about. And that is expectations of communities. Yeah. So that plays a major role in what goes on. On how a piece of content that it is created for an audience and yeah, general expectation that people have for it. I'm glad you said that, Ash, because we should have actually mentioned it at the start of this, this podcast. It's not an actual train that you can buy tickets for to board, <laughs> just to be clear. It's just a hypothetical hype train. So when you think of hype trains, you think about, let's let's bring to perspective a Marvel movie. You know, many of our gamers are Marvel fans and they would, uh, you know, look forward to those trailers, those posters, those little teasers that come out and follow the, the updates religiously. But when you think about hype trains in gaming, I'm sure, Ash, there's one game that's on your mind. It's also on my mind. Cyberpunk 2077. Are we thinking about the same thing? If I'm being honest, there's a few letdowns that I have. Oh, okay. But Cyberpunk is definitely one of them. And being someone who played it, I think that, yeah, it's it's an interesting one that we're going to get into. <laughs> I think that was, I mean, there is a few in my head as well, but that was the most recent one. That yeah, had recent memory. A, yeah, recent memory that had such a hype. The marketing was, you know, blown to 100%. And the gameplay that we saw on these conferences, on YouTube, and the podcast that they released as well, it was said to be a phenomenal game. A game that would revolutionize how you played on the PS4, on the PS5. But it was actually a bit of a letdown. Let's talk about you first, Ash. What was your experience playing it? I mean... First off, the game had Keanu Reeves in it. I mean, not in the trailer, not in the movie. He was actually in the game and it still didn't do well enough. <laughs> so it's a case of marketing being more... Hmm, this is um, an interesting topic. So now for me personally, I would separate the concept of hype trains 
just to to back away from the question and to get into like the actual thoughts behind it for me is that maybe there's something to be said about marketing and unmet expectations through a very good marketing team or budget that is leading to people having expectations that are sky high and then when the final product drops and people can actually pick it up put in the systems and play it then it's not going to live up to picture or ideal that we've created in our head and i think that's is that a a humanity problem is that a gaming problem where does the fault lie is it ethics and morals or is it companies selling a product or is it people being what people are which is sometimes foolish i know and a very wise gaming character once said that keep your expectations low and you'll never be disappointed <laughs> oh man to be honest i think if we separate the game from the studio for like one second i think there's an avid fan base for cd project red as a whole like when they first released that teaser at e3 everybody went bonkers and it went viral you know but at the same time we're not saying that the company shouldn't do any marketing for their product of course you need to do marketing but at the same time there's a i think there's a line where there's marketing and then there's like excessive product pushing and i think that's where the marketing team at CD Projekt Red probably didn't understand, you know, no offense to them, but I feel like there was more marketing for the game than actual crafting, actual, you know, telling people that, hey, we need another year or we need two years to fix the bugs so that we can deliver a good enough product. But none of that was said because they were on this hype train and on this hype train, there were other people pushing them to another, what do you call that? You get the train and then there's like different sections of the train. I'm getting lost in the train. Analogy. <laughs> Analogy. <laughs> but um, my point is that the fan pressure and the expectations were just the skyrocketed. But the game was, yeah, even Keanu Reeves, dashing Keanu Reeves couldn't save that game. <laughs> I think that it's obviously now in a business or in a corporate space that you have different departments or different like segments of the business that have their own goals. And marketing was probably a separate yeah. one from the production team. Mm. And it probably did show eventually when you realize that okay there's some sort of a disconnect between what we are seeing and what we are getting or what we eventually got and yeah it's um it's a tough one i know that they did ask or inform the community rather that they were going to be delaying the game yeah and everyone was a bit upset it goes back to some famous words by a man who is much wiser than i am you said that a game can be delayed and made better, but a bad game will forever be bad. And that's essentially what, well, almost won't happen because I know that there's a bit of a redemption that happened and at least the marketing team wasn't as bad as Watch Dogs. Do you remember the first one? The E3 trailer? I remember the first... I actually loved Watch Dogs, but I do remember the first E3 trailer. It was like next gen, wow, next gen is something completely yeah. different. Like we're not going to see what, what we've known. It's going to be like a NASA computer that's going to be playing your games. And yeah, what we got was um, much less rendered. Something that made sense with the tech that we had at the time. I think therein lies the problem, because if you really think about it, Cyberpunk was the fastest selling PC game of all time, but 
I think that the disappointment came because it was marketed as a totally new experience, a game changer in video games, you know, and a game that would be remembered forever. And because they didn't live up to that, that selling point, that USP of this is a totally different game, that's why I think most players felt disappointed and that's why the game failed. Because it was marketed as a, let's say, a totally new experience. That's what they said on the, <laughs> one of the demos. And I think that's where the problem lies. Well, they weren't lying if you change your perspective. <laughs> <laughs> if you change your perspective, they, they weren't lying. But yeah, I think that they aren't the first studio to have done this. I think that this is a much larger issue that greater minds than ours will have to eventually solve. But in order to sell your game, you need to do some killer mm -hmm. marketing. And you would hope that your, your game would live up to the yeah. picture that you're creating because you have to create a positive idea or connection in the minds of your audience, the people that you do actually want to buy the game. And yeah, Cyberpunk, it did run on the high-end machines really, really well compared to what we got on base consoles of the Xbox and PlayStation, which was shoddy and sometimes like 15 frames a second. Oh man. Which, yeah, that's painful. <laughs> but at least it did resemble some of what was advertised, not, not entirely, maybe like 40% like of, maybe even 30% of what it was yeah. advertised as. But I mean, there are some other games and movies for that matter who went ahead and completely lied to... Well, okay, I wouldn't say lied to because I'm just going to be a bit more aware of lawsuits. Please don't sue us. <laughs> I'd say misled or that it yeah. appeared to be different. <laughs> so Killzone, mm -hmm. Killzone 2, and this is way back. If you go back and you look at the trailer for what was possible with Killzone, and what we got, I think that was like one of the, the first that I remember was a, I'd say some, some magic was going on behind the scenes with the, the marketing team and the devs and the tech that was there at the time. And No Man's Sky as well. That's a bit more recent. So gamers will remember the game that was marketed as something that was going to be revolutionary and yeah, it just didn't sell. It just sat on the shelves for for months, I think. And it was always on sale and no one would buy it. But thankfully, Sony and the devs did get their act together and the redemption arc of that game is something else. If you haven't checked it out, please go. It will be something that surprises you, I promise. Yeah. Speaking of redemption arcs, we, we do like CD Projekt Red. We're not anti-CD Projekt Red and they are... They just released a schedule of how they plan this year to rectify the game by releasing a series of patches. So that's the last thing that we're going to say about that game. I mean, if you still have the game and you want to replay it maybe in the next five months, I'm sure that it would be in a better condition than it was when it was released. But speaking about games into movies, have you seen Sonic? I think that was a successful rendition of the game. I really enjoyed that movie. What, what were your thoughts? Yeah, Sonic is actually something that I've watched and rewatched because it's that good. Yeah. Because it is it's, it's a good. fun it's a fun movie. It's it's a good family experience. It's something that's there that isn't trying to be too serious and it's not trying to be too yeah. too corny at the same time. So it's a pretty good movie. I think that there are a few mm. others that did pretty well and I think 
Prince of Persia, Sons of Time was a decent movie and it did match some of the the game. I know that we got some Assassin's Creed style towers and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. yeah, that was there, but it was pretty cool. It was a good experience in isolation. I think if something is good in isolation, it would be even better if you match it to like the law and the, yeah. the universe that was created and set before it. So in that microcosm, and then in like the massive universe that's created, it if it gets all that right, it's going to be something that's going to be special. Yeah, it, it truly does capture the the essence of the the game character Sonic, and I think that's why the movie did so well. But speaking of Assassin's Creed towers and taking something too seriously, I was actually watching. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. I was watching an interview with Michael Fassbender. Oh, before I say this, did you watch the Assassin's Creed movie? I did, and I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. So he was he was talking about one of his latest movies and they asked him why do you think Assassin's Creed failed or bombed uh, because they're not making any more right that's it and he was like I think they took the movie too seriously they took the character too seriously and that's why it failed and I agree like Assassin's Creed when you think about it when you think about Desmond as the first character I, I interacted with playing the game he was fun to play you know he had his moments there was a bit of dialogue there that made him a cool character to play and then watching the movie Assassin's Creed with Michael Fassbender, it felt like he was the Joker. It felt a bit, you know, sadistic. I, I didn't really enjoy that movie at all. To be honest, it was a bad cinema experience for me because it ruined the game and it ruined the, the memory of that game. <laughs> so I think that's one of the movies that did really bad and the hype for that movie was insane when the trailer came out. Do you remember? But let's, let's be a bit logical, a bit more real here. What even is Assassin's Creed anymore? Is it about assassins? Or is it just like a history simulator now that you just play? Oh. oh my god, a history simulator that you should play. That should be the tagline of their next game. No, I, I, it's bonkers, man. I, I tried to catch up with some gameplay, you know, watching YouTubers play. And I was just like, what is going on? Who's this person? I, I switched off after like 10 minutes because I didn't understand the thing. And I feel like the storyline, I don't know if anybody disagrees with me, or maybe someone wants to come on the show and talk about it, but I feel like the storyline just derailed, man. They're not even on a train anymore. They're on like a bus or something. <laughs> yeah, but Assassin's Creed, when uh, when Desmond was there and Ezio was there, I think that was the, the height of the series, and they tried to mm. make a movie out of it. It didn't go well, but they did try. But on the other side, I know that X-Men Origins Wolverine it was a subpar movie, but it was enjoyable for, for the time, but the game was amazing. I'm not sure if you played the game, but it's something that I actually did get a platinum for, so I'm just gonna shout myself out for a bit. <laughs> but it, it was fun, it was a genuinely fun game, and to get that right, it was impressive. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, you, you were, you're struggling a memory here of every time a movie would release, they would release a game, like they would release Spider-Man, Sam Raimi Spider-Man, and then they would release the game. I don't know if you played it. And then they'd release Captain America, then they'd release the game on PlayStation 2 or 3. And I love that. I love the, re- like the adaption to the movie was the game. But it was actually the same movie storyline. <laughs> but it was fun to play. <laughs> yeah, it was actually. And I did play Spider-Man and I enjoyed it. I didn't finish it though because I got stuck. And... <laughs> Full disclosure, yeah, I did get stuck and I never finished, I didn't get past it. The second last boss was Spider-Man 2 on PC. Mm-hmm. The one with Dr. Octavius. Oh, okay. 
but it was pretty cool. I think that it happened often. I know that Transformers also made games which <laughs> weren't really worth picking up or checking out. Uh, I mean, if you liked throwing things and being a big object running through a road and stuff like that, then the Transformers game for me was was fun to play. It was like if you if you had to put a Hulk in a game, you could smash things and throw cars, and it was cool. And you could transform into a car. It was. It was fun for like me at the time when I was younger, <laughs> but now if you had to, you know, make a Transformers game, it would not work. I don't think. Do you think that people who consume media mm -hmm. are a bit spoiled? In what sense? I'd say that okay, you expect everything to be good. Mm. Playing the devil's advocate here, I think that you'd say okay, so you you have so much to choose from. Mm -hmm and you don't enjoy what what you get are you ever going to be satisfied with something it feels like we're going into a philosophy lesson but um i do agree to some extent that we are spoiled for choice but when it comes to this specifically like turning games into movies i think that the fans of these games are very passionate and if they are going to adapt something that they love or a game that they loved playing into a movie or comic book or, or book itself i think that they would want there'd be certain expectations for you to meet like the game was so good please make the movie as good you know when mm. like for me i think this ties you know brilliantly into the last of us the first game was so good i really hope the series is really good because that's what i see in the comment section when every time there's a casting announcement pedro pascal as joe and then like i really hope the series because i mean the game was so good that you would want any adaptions of that to be just as good or even better yeah, I think so. I think The Last of Us is another one of those hype train moments that people have. I know that you are waiting for this game from the moment you finish the first one. <laughs> oh man, I, I think that I was so passionate about seeing where the story goes next. And just, you know, playing those characters again, playing Joel, it, it means that I think for me, it's different because it means so much to me because I played that game. I, I spoke about this at length and people are probably tired of it, but I played the game when I was in a really uh, low point in my life. So, you know, playing Joel and, and playing Ellie and, you know, seeing their stories, you know, evolve was something that I really wanted. And when I found out that that wasn't the case, I really did take that personally and I was really upset. <laughs> but at, at the same time, I, I, I do have high hopes for the series, I think. Pedro Pascal is a, is a great actor and I think they're going to do some justice to this. I just hope that they don't kill Joel off <laughs> like season two. He's like dead. <laughs> but to oh. be fair, I did warn you. I told you, man, it's going to happen. You did. You did. <laughs> and, and, you know, you did warn me through finding out because they leaked the game, right? And we found out that Joel was going to die like four, like three weeks before the game could release. And you told me, man, you're in for disappointment. You didn't give me a spoiler because you're that good of a friend. But you said, have you in for a disappointment? Do not play the game. And I was like, no, Ash, I'm going to play this game. <laughs> and I was disappointed. <laughs> well, yeah, that's another one. So people really, I think patience is now a virtue that's in much higher demand or in a much higher need than anybody actually realizes. Yeah. Because if you look at this stuff, I mean, you got people that are trying mm -hmm. to hack servers. You got people that are data mining games and game files you get like the, the latest scoop or information on what's coming out and what's going to be new and at the same time are they ruining an experience for other people that are saying okay 
we're gonna wait. I know that recently Battlefield did mm -hmm. a a bit of a hype poke when they released a trailer before the trailer. And the community was like, okay. You know what? So what actually happened was there was a tweet by one of the devs that said that do you know what grinds would soon? June. I was gonna say Doom. <laughs> <laughs> I should actually let you answer that one. <laughs> but yeah, so soon was the, the catchphrase that they used for June and the trailer did drop in June. So yeah, it's um, at the time of recording, we haven't watched the trailer yet. I don't know if we should put this in there. But... Mm. Okay, yeah, so... The community was basically upset that they have to wait just a few more days before they could watch something and there were people that were leaking stuff and again is it maturity levels that have dropped i guess in a sense or are we being selfish or well i think we are being a bit selfish and trying to hatch the chicken before the eggs are ready that's a new analogy that you can use at any time yeah I like that one, but but I think there's you get two different people. One that is selfish and wants to find out, like it's those impatient people, and then you get people that really just gonna be patient and wait for the game, like you, Ash. And those selfish people ruin that experience. I mean, if you want to find out, and if you're gonna go to the extent of hacking servers and things, then you know you can. I'm not, I'm not endorsing it, but don't ruin it for other people. If you're gonna do that Yo, in your own time, don't ruin it for Ash. Disappointed that hacking is a crime, a serious crime, and you will go to jail. Yeah. Yes, you will go to I'm not endorsing it, but it's let's be realistic here. It's impossible to stop some person in their basement with all those servers trying to hack uh, into Ubisoft or in this case EA uh, to to get updates. And as much as we try, it's going to be difficult. But don't ruin that experience for advert gamers who, who really like the game, like Battlefield, like Ash and his team. Posting that on Facebook and Instagram, it's not going to it's going to do more harm than good for people that love this game. I think that's that ruins the experience completely, especially for someone like you, Ash, who's been waiting so long for this game. <laughs> I actually don't mind the wait because I just want to see like what's, what's this next leap that's going to come from this game. And I think that... It's because you're a patient gentleman. I've already said this. <laughs> well, thank you for the compliment. But yeah, I think we are a bit selfish and we've been spoiled with games that we have. And just to like, take mm -hmm. a step back. And I know that if you're a gamer, you know that you play a game as a filler game until the game that you want drops or releases. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yeah, just waiting for, for something. I think that patience, again, is a virtue. But does it live up to the hype? And the longer you wait, does the hype increase or does it decrease? I know that marketing and like the guys involved in like serious marketing where they have to look at consumer insights and generally what goes on on a large scale with stats. It's, it is a job that they need to fill and do well. But at the same time, people are going to be waiting for a game and they will be expecting the product to come out. And I know that we've been a bit negative so far with the comments that we had, but I know that there were games that reached mm -hmm. hype levels that were just like astounding and it did deliver, mm -hmm. which is something that is possible. So I think yeah. when that happens, we enjoy and we 
respect the game a bit more when it drops because we know that there's so many that try to do it and can't and then one comes along and then achieves it and then it's better than what we expected so maybe it's a case of beauty is in the eye of the beholder or something else Matt, what do you think i think you're leading up to pre-ordering games because <laughs> you're talking about like patience and waiting and i'm like should we be pre-ordering games and what's your thoughts on it i i feel like last when we last spoke you did say that you'd prefer to wait um let the game come out let people play it and let them fix the patches or release patches and stuff like that but what are your thoughts on pre-ordering games now hold the line <laughs> <laughs> but i'm sure everybody's seen the meme of like um so this one is my favorite so it's like a world strongman competition and they ask like what makes you strong and so the one person like lifts a, a car and the other guy like steps on legos or something and then the last one just stands there with his hand on his chest saying that i don't pre-order games <laughs> okay maybe maybe I it's funnier to me <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying. I, I, I don't want to interrupt you by laughing to the microphone. <laughs> but I think that there are some people that would stay up, you know, till like 1 p.m. in the morning waiting for the game to drop. And pre-ordering games, it's, I think it's a way for, I'm going to say studios to manage like expectations. Like, okay, how many people pre-order the games? Okay, awesome. Like, let's be honest, Ash, when God of War comes out are you gonna pre-order i think i'm gonna pre-order that's the only game i would ever pre-order just putting it out there mm, no i'm i'm just gonna be a bit patient to see still gonna be patient mm. yeah see that's I'm just going a patient to, man <laughs> to watch and i'm gonna look at what's going on i'm gonna take some advice from kratos keep my expectations low <laughs> and see what what we're gonna get i think it's gonna be good though i think it's there's going to be a contender for Game of the Year, but I'm not sure if it is going to get that because, I mean, you can only invent the wheel once. Mm. Well, I mean, you know, Naughty Dog did what Uncharted. I mean, I think I think we're, we're going to see it again. But if you don't know, listeners or biologists, we found out, I think, about two weeks ago that Santa Monica Studio, the studio behind making God of War, delayed the game till 2022, if I'm correct. Is that right, Ash? Yeah, it is. I mean, from a business point of view, it does make sense because if you look at the lack of availability of consoles in countries, I mean, people still want to buy and there simply isn't enough supply for the demand, which is good for the company that is making the consoles, so Sony in this case. But for people that are releasing games, they don't have enough of a, a market to sell to because they're capped at the moment. So I think it's a bit of a wiser decision for Sony and Santa Monica Studios. I think that they are in very close talks to say, okay, we are ready to release what we want to release. Is there enough demand or is there enough systems available for, for people to play on? And I think that the game is just going to be hampered by that bit. Thankfully, if you're on Xbox, you don't need to worry about those issues. <laughs> I know this season we, we're going to be a bit more inclusive, so that includes PC games and Xbox gamers and even, even mobile gamers. Yes, we heard your cries. We saw the DMs, actually, more specific. We saw the DMs. We're going to be very inclusive <laughs> this season. And, and speaking about, you know, the future and season two... What are you looking forward to this season? I'm, I'm really psyched. I'm really happy that we're doing this again. But what are your thoughts on the season? 
season two, so I'm looking forward to. Okay, so I'm just gonna like whisper to your audience for a bit and like give you a bit of a behind the scenes thing here. So it's just gonna be between us. So just keep it down a bit. So what's gonna happen is we're gonna have some amazing South African guests and talent on our show. Some of the guys that you may know, and also some of the girls that you may know from the international scene. So it's going to be pretty cool. I hope that you are going to be listening to us and enjoying our shows and our content. And yeah, it's, it's going to be good. So you better be ready. Yeah. The one thing that we can promise to give you uh, when you have load shedding is a <laughs> really good conversation about everything that we're passionate about, which is games. And it's going to be very ex- uh, inclusive this season. And we're going to have a lot of fantastic people coming on the show. I am really, really excited to be back with Ash. I've missed... Ash, I mean, I don't want to. Okay, I don't want to say the the time that we've been working on it, but we have been hard at work behind the scenes uh, to bring the season to you because we we know that you guys are passionate about this podcast and we just want to do a service to that. We want to make sure the train is running <laughs> smoothly <laughs> uh, and deliver on our promise to give you the best conversations on this podcast. To the fans that are out there and are listening, what would you guys like to see more of? As much as this is our show, it's also yours. So let us know what you like listening to, what you'd like to talk to us about. If you'd like to come on our show, we'd be more than happy to have you and just just connect. I know that in South Africa, we have a lot of gamers that are out there and a lot of individuals and everybody has a cool story or something that they would like to share. And even if you are overseas, if you are in the the more developed part of the world with better internet and servers that are local. <laughs> yeah, get in touch with us. Let us know where you're listening from and we'd love to have you on. Final thoughts on Hype Train, Ash, and then we'll wrap it up. Mm, hype Trains. I think that it's... Just getting bored with the Hype Train or not. It's up to you. I think most of the time it's better to just stand back a bit and watch the train go through the station and just crash. So you can just be there to to help people get off and just like pick up the pieces behind them. Because most of the time it's, if you're being honest, it doesn't live up to the hype and <laughs> expectations that the general community has. And that's just the rule because that's how many things are in life. So just be aware, keep your expectations low and you'll never be disappointed. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Nobology. Please watch the space. We have so many exciting things coming your way. So many exciting guests coming on board the Nobology train. Please don't forget to like and subscribe us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you can also follow us on Facebook. Thank you for listening.